Saved and such. Uh, welcome back to the woman segment on the Saved and Such, and we are back with another episode. And hey so tonight, what I want to talk to you guys about, my friend gave us this topic actually, and I would never be able to put it in his words. <laughs> he, <laughs> he's something about the fermentation and the maturation. And I had to, me knowing him the way that I know him, I said, all right, let me put that in layman's terms, the way that Krista sees it through the lens of what we love, psychology, and just a human being. And so what I got from it is being okay with the process of your development and journey and not just in the realms of... Like he was saying, your ministry or the work that you're going to do for God, mm-hmm. but making way for him to fully develop your character, for him to allow your story to unfold. But I feel like what he was really trying to articulate is in a world where we're looking at social media and we're seeing all of these people doing X, Y, and Z, we feel like we're behind. A lot of people may feel like they're behind. What's that face about? <laughs> Go ahead and let us know what that face means. Oh, for the ones who can't hear us, that can only hear audio. She made a face, y'all. Um, I feel like you are behind. Mm, you are. Um, because we set goals for ourselves. We want this and we want that. And we want things to happen quick, 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 quick. But for our time, and we're behind. For God's time, we're on time. Yeah. And we're right where we need to be. And also, when you continue to compare yourself to other people and other people's journeys, other people's success or whatever, you are essentially putting yourself behind them. Because the way I see it is success is success has become, there has become a, one single definition in this, in this generation. Success is having money, having a nice house, a nice car, um, Everything, all things material. Yes. But with the mindset that I'm trying to build up to, success to me is being fruitful, is being loved, being able to love, being able to receive love, being able to give love. It's having the material, yes, the money, the nice house, this and that, but being able to wake up and be happy, like really be happy, not just for social media, but really wake up and, and say, I'm happy. Yes. And I love my life. Like, that's success. That's success for me, too. And and sometimes I have a hard time because who don't want money? But I'm really trying to get myself into that space where that's that's how I de- define success. And it's, that's weird nowadays because that's not how it's defined. And so I kind of have to, to go with your friend's point, I have to look at it like, yes, I am behind. But it's only to propel me forward. Exactly. The more, the more I back up, it's like a slingshot. God is like a slingshot. I can be so far ahead right now, outside of God's will for me, or outside of what I'm actually meant to be doing at this time. I could be so far ahead that that's where I stop. I hit my climax early or my peak early versus if I just stand behind and allow God to keep pulling me back and keep pulling me under and pulling me deeper. It's going to send me forward, shoot me forward. Yeah, that's like that. that um, I listen to the spoken word all the time. He said, well, everybody want to be a shooting star, but by definitions, a shooting star is blast off. 
I thought the goal was to shine bright like the sun. And I love the spoken word yeah, so much because yeah. it's so true. Everybody want a viral moment. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to get to a point where, and it may be a healthy reason mm -hmm. to prove the version of you that didn't believe that you had the gifts or the capabilities to climb the ladder. It, it could be a lot of different reasons, but I think there is something so beautiful about a realizing that the roots that actually, the trees that we see that sustain over time, that actually pass the test of time is mm -hmm. the ones that have the deepest roots. And so I've learned to fall in love with my journey and stop trying to, I feel like we all like we're chasing and chasing and chasing purpose, chasing this. Not realize when you chasing is running from you. Yeah. So yes, I yes. wanted to yes. take a step back and honor every season, every moment. It's like he said, the more potent that the wine is going to be is the more that you allow a thing to maturate, which mm -hmm. is to mature. Mm -hmm. And so if I say, God, I trust you with the plans that you have for my life. I trust the timeline that you have for mm -hmm. my life. I can't get upset because it feels like you're trying to put a time on it. Well, I've been in this space. Like I said in the one video, I've been a transition season for a couple of years now. But God is like, one day to me is like, like a thousand years and a thousand years is like one day. And, and so we put a timeline on it because we're human. But if you would really take a step back and like you said, ask yourself, what is success to me? And I define success as freedom. Freedom in so many different ways. Yeah. And I realized that freedom is a mindset. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm okay with God developing a mindset of freedom with me because in the midst of my, me being developed in my mind and my thinking, naturally my habits and my beliefs are going to change. And I'm just naturally going to start doing the things that I need to do that's going to ultimately get me to where I'm destined to go. Yeah. But I have to honor where I am now instead of self-loathe it, compare, mm -hmm. envy it, be upset about it. No, you find what makes you happy now, what grounds you now, and you stay the course. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel. Mm -hmm. I feel like the more that you take pride in God developing you and you realize that the whole purpose is for you to be mature and complete, to lack no good thing, to have the fruits of the spirit and mm -hmm. to be able to abide in him. It, it shows you what Paul says. I've been in lack and I've been in plenty. And mm -hmm. both times I found contentment. Because that's freedom to me. Mm -hmm. Freedom isn't what it looks like. Freedom is a state of mind. Mm -hmm. But then I still do want freedom, though. Like, you know, outside. <laughs> yeah. And that's the gamble. I mean, I think as people, like, and as human, we gamble. And mm -hmm. we you know, we go back and forth between I want this, I want that, I want that right now, right now, right now. But when you operate in your spirit and then what? <clears throat> and not in your flesh, that's when you come to understand that God's timing is the best timing for me. And nothing can ever happen that's not supposed to happen. Nothing will happen prematurely or too late because God's yeah. timing is the best timing for me. And so I just, I've really been like, I think for almost two years now, Jeremiah 29 11 has been mm. my theme. Mm. Like when I told in, in the last episode, you know, my, my lesson this year was really just put my put all my trust in God, all my faith in God. It really stems from that scripture. Yeah. Like, for I know the plans that I have for your life, plans to prosper you, plans to give you hope in the future and not to harm you. Like, if I really believe that, then I know that nothing I could ever want is outside of my reach. Nothing I can ever need is outside of my reach because 
God has a plan for me. Yeah. Plans to prosper me. Plans to give me hope in the future. And so that means that everything I could ever want is already in his plan. Yeah. Everything, the desires of my heart are already in his plan. I realize that the very thing that most people pray for is the very thing that could destroy them. And that's, that's why I'm so big on, like how I was saying with um, my friend on the phone, oh, so you mean like the the better the wine tastes is the more that it's had time to sit and ferment. Mm-hmm. And it, the same holds true for us. We're praying for a thing and God is saying, I'm not withholding it for you. I'm preparing you for the very thing that you're praying for. Because a lot of us, we don't realize, we say, God bless me in this way, but your motives are wrong. Yeah. You really want the accolades and the success. But then when you get the accolades and the success, you're depressed because you realize that with every good thing, there is a bad to mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And so- yeah, now you make it to the top, but you fall just as hard because you didn't have the mindset, the character, or the understanding, the the creativity to sustain it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that's why I'm definitely okay with taking my time. But also another thing that God has really been revealing to me is we say out of fear, God, I'm waiting on you. But in order for you to really walk this life out with God the way that he sees it, we're called to live a life of faith and not sight. And that means Mm -hmm. you live a life of risk. Mm -hmm. And I never want to get to the point where I said that I was afraid to take risk in my life. Mm -hmm. I was having a conversation with this older woman and she says, wow, now that you said that, I realized the one thing that I never did in all 50 years of my living, Mm -hmm. I never took risk because I was too afraid what was in the unknown. And that's why I'm like, if I, okay, I'm about to take this life coaching um, class. Oh, $7,000. That's a risk. Let's do it. Because I know that with the plans, it it lines up. So let's risk it. Let's risk this. I just want to be able to say that I did it. It processed me. And wherever I go, I just live life. So (sighs) people will say that I'm a risk taker. Because I do <sighs> risky things physically. Like, I'll absolutely jump out of a plane. I'll jump off a cliff into some water. Like, I'll do all those risky things physically to get that adrenaline. But sometimes I have a hard time doing the risky things uh, spiritually or, uh, you know, like when it comes to money or when it comes to doing something bigger than what I think I can do. Mm-hmm. And I end up doing it. It just takes me a lot of time to actually do it. And so uh, this last risky thing that I did at my job, it took me a lot of time to finally work up the strength and the and the faith to do it and to just jump out there. And I I basically created a position from created a position for myself at my job. Mm. And this is like a big corporation, so it's yeah. like the likelihood of it really becoming a real thing is like. In my mind, it's slim. Mm-hmm. And it took me a long time to, to even start the proposal because I'm like, bro, this is not going to happen. This is not going to happen. Like, this is not me being realistic. I don't have as much. Uh, who? Why would they give a, a job like this to little old me? Yeah. Why would they read my, my 13-page proposal by me? Like, Why? I'm nobody. And this is what this is what I'm thinking. Until I literally I didn't read it. Well, I did read it, but it's it was it's a uh 
the theme of my church is just do it. Mm. And that's that's our theme for this year. And it's the amplified version of um, Philippians 3.14, I can do all things to Christ who me. And it says that I'm, I'm sufficient in God's sufficiency. Mm. And I'm equipped in... I'm equipped for anything equal to everything through God. And so when I really think about what that means, I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me. God gives me my strength. I can really do it. I can sit and write a 13-page proposal. I can sit and develop all the little nicks and crannies and really sit and do the job description and do all the things I don't want to do. I can do it because God gives me strength. And then I'm sufficient in God's sufficiency. So even if I don't get the position, I'm still good because God said I am. God made me good. And then I'm uh, equipped for anything and equal to everything. Mm. And so there's nothing that I could want that I can't have because there's nothing I could want to do that I can't do because I'm, equ- I'm equipped for it. Mm. I have what it takes. God has given me what it takes. That I'm equal to everything. Everything yeah. I want, need is in my reach. It's yeah. mine. I'm equal to it. It's nothing bigger than me. So what do you feel about like failures? Because I know a lot of times we say, oh yeah, just do it and take the risk. But then when we're met with disappointment, we go into our subconscious mind goes, see, this is why I was trying to keep you safe and I wasn't trying to let you. But you're like, no, because for me personally, failure is an opportunity. I know we always say this, but failure really is an opportunity for you to grow. It's all about your mindset. So like the guy who created the light bulb, when they asked him, how did it feel failing to create the light bulb a thousand times? And he said, well, I don't really see it that way. I learned a thousand ways not to make the light bulb. And so I thought that was genius because it's so subjective to your mindset. One, one gives you strength. The other one causes you to shrink back. And for you to say that this is all it ever will be. And when it comes to failure, I I feel like that lesson starts with parents. Mm. Uh, and if it hasn't started with y'all parents, my, it's definitely started for me with my mother. My mother was like a, uh, everything that could go wrong kind of went wrong. And I won't say in her life, but things just happened. Unfairly, it, it, it will seem to us. And so she did whatever she could to make sure that nothing happened to us. But things happen. My mother was the type of person, type of mother, that if I fell off a bike, you never ride a bike again because you're not going to fall again. You fell once, that's it. It was never get back on the bike. And that's that's what happens sometimes when you ride the bike. When you lose balance, you fall. It was never that. It was always, we're going to take that away because we ain't doing it. I burnt my arm. I got burnt doing cooking when I first ever <laughs> tried to cook. <laughs> she was like, you will never step foot in this kitchen again. For years, I never went in the kitchen to cook anything. Couldn't couldn't even warm, warm up some noodles. My brother had That's to do so it. That's so funny. And so I learned that failure was something I needed to be afraid of and run far away from. Yeah. And so my one of my biggest lessons of failure, uh, I used to succeed at everything. And it taught me to be an overachiever. It taught me to go hard at everything. And if I fail, failing's not an option. So you better not fail. You better stress yourself out, cry, figure it out, but you better not fail because there's n- there's nothing in failure for you. There's nothing for you there. So when I got to college and I was failing classes, I'm like, bro, I need to drop out of college. Oh, girl, okay. But you see the correlation? <laughs> yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't study harder. It wasn't 
figure out a way to make it work. It exactly. was drop out, take it away. Take take whatever's making me fail away. Exactly, because it's unsafe. It's unsafe. And it also put that fear in me, like, dang, I can't do this. Yeah. I can't I can't get through college. I can't finish. I'm never gonna graduate. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Those intrusive thoughts be woof. But it's learned. It is. Because I grew up in the same type of way. I'm laughing at you when you said about your mother because my mom is the same way. I held a knife incorrectly. Girl, I'm just learning to cook in my big old age, okay? I held the knife incorrectly and it was don't ever in your life try to cook again. Like, But for me, failure was always a test to my my either my uh, ability to be good enough or not good enough. And so I always seen it as a test to my abilities. Mm -hmm. And so for me to be safe, it was also like me, the fear of being judged because how I seen it is if I made a mistake, I would either get bullied for it. I would get made fun of it for it. Or like you said, I have a very protective mother. I'm her baby. That wasn't safe. So therefore we're just going to not do that again. And I have to actually be, intentional not to do that with my son because as you're talking I realize sometimes I'm like Jeremiah you see what happened come on we're just not gonna do that again but then other times I'm like get up and try again Mm -hmm. because I'm always going back and forth between what I was programmed versus what I'm Mm pre-programming so it's interesting to see how it plays out in motherhood but yeah it was always a testimony to like what I was capable of what I wasn't capable of and I felt exposed and I felt vulnerable Mm -hmm. so if I made a mistake then I wasn't worthy. And so it became easier not to try. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I allowed yep, yep. that to like dictate my whole life. Yes. When it came to me wanting to try out for sports in high school, if I try and I fail, I'll embarrass myself in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. I was in the nursing program starting college and they said that I needed to have A's and B's. Who am I to get A's and B's? I've always been a C and D student. No matter how hard I tried, my grades have never been that. I'm That's never going to happen for me. So I dropped out. So I've always allowed it. Even even now, I could have said, you know what? Oh, this is a failure. Clearly, this is a test that I'm not good enough in this area. Mm-hmm. Let's and not attempt not it. And I hate that. And I, I realize because even me now, I'm back in school taking this, getting my certificate in life coaching. And the thoughts come up so much. Who are you? If you fail at this, this just goes to test that you were never good enough. Maybe we shouldn't try. And every single day when I take those classes, I have to literally reprogram my thoughts against those beliefs that Mm -hmm. it's unsafe to do, Mm -hmm. to try new things. Mm -hmm. That's uh, crazy. That's They say there's no rule book to parenting, but I really feel like there should be. Yeah. And there is. People just don't read it. And you realize how crazy it is because it's so easy to say what you're not going to do with your kids, who you're not going to be until mm-hmm. you're in those moments Situation. and you're on autopilot. Survival. And the only thing you know comes up. And yep. And the only thing you know comes up. And so you literally, and what my son has taught me over these last seven years is it's, I have to take time to be intentional with him, mm-hmm. to actually think about my responses, think about how I want to show up, even in the way, because a lot of times when people would get upset with me, they would either leave me or they would draw, withdraw from me. So I seen mistakes as I'm no longer deserving of love. Mm-hmm. And so I realized when my son would make mistakes or he would get really like upset, I would have this thing, I would want to walk away and you, when you're done, then I'll come back. And I had to really check myself on it. And I said, that's reinforcing the same negative beliefs that I've carried for so long. So now when this happens, I go and he says, 
He actually says it. You're mad at me? And I'd be like, what you mean I'm mad at you? Because I just always make mistakes. And I'm like, I want you to understand that even in the midst of your mistakes, you're deserving of love. You're worthy of love and you are loved. And so now I literally consciously always do that. But it takes you literally going against your everything natural. Everything you know and yeah. everything that feels comfortable. Yeah, literally. Literally. And people swear. In so many different ways than one. It's that, that's just an example. It's yeah. so many different ways. Yeah. Even down to how I talk to him about money. I'm so intentional. Money don't grow on trees. I'm not saying that to you. We can't afford. I'm not saying that to you because I grew up where money was the cause of fights. Money was always the topic of discussion of why we never had enough, why there was always a limited resources, why we couldn't eat for three days. It was always something negative around money. And so now when I talk to him about money, he gets excited about money. And I love that for him. I love that for him. It's a tool. It's a tool, and I, I really try to instill differently in him, but it causes me to have to be more conscious and check myself. And when I make mistakes, I apologize to him. That's hard. Imagine, imagine, and I'm going to put this into perspective. Imagine, and I'm not saying you broke by by any stretch. Yeah. But imagine you struggling, trying to figure out where this money going to come from, and you having to reinforce to him that we are right. Yeah. And you really like having to paint that picture for him. Yeah. And allowing him to be excited about the money that y'all don't have. Yeah. Girl, that, yes. that took a lot of strength, a lot of redirection, a lot of mental. Well, my son's father first love, it got real unchecked because I couldn't afford daycare. He was my babysitter. And I had to call off of work so much. Girl, I was still in diapers. But it was still just like... I see what parents do. You hide the things that you go through, not because you are trying to be secretive, but you don't want to involve the child yeah. in the real life day to day of yeah. what it is in this moment, the reality is. Yeah. And so it just becomes real. Parenting has taught me so much. He teaches me so much about faith even. Like mm -hmm. I remember one time we were sitting out to eat and he goes, mommy, can you download this game? And I said, okay. He's like, hey, there's no service. The game won't download. And I said, okay, what do you want to do? Well, I'm just going to pray about it. God, give me service for my game to download. I said, oh, okay. And I'm thinking in my head, God, please let the service come. I don't want him to, his first memory to be that you didn't show up for him. And I'm all anxious. And he's literally like, well, um, I'm going to go back to my other game while I wait on that. And then he says like 10 minutes later, oh, wait, my game. Oh, mom, look, God did it. My game downloaded. And I said, that is literally faith. That's literally faith. I was like, that oh, my God. That man said, I'm going to go back to my other game while I wait. Yes. I was shook. I said, oh, my God, that's faith. That's faith like a child. Child like faith. I was, he teaches me so much. It, it's crazy. That that just made me like almost tear up. I ain't going to lie. I ain't going to lie. And it was the excitedness to go back to what like, he knew while he waited and expected that God was going to do the very thing he that he prayed him. for. And he did not have to keep checking on it. He didn't have to keep double back worrying like I was worrying. He was fully immersed in the very things in front of him and then said, oh, wait, here it is. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, if only that. we could be like that. If only we could be like I've done things like that as a child that I still remember to this day. Starting a car with no gas in it mm. by just praying. Put my hand on the glove box. Like, Lord, please start this car. Try a nini. Like, I'm literally starting a car. And it just reminds me of the faith that I once had and the yeah. faith that I'm trying to get back to.
it's it's kind of scary how much things can happen and things can change to make you kind of pull away from the faith that you used to have. Yeah. And the way you used to see God. I, I used to say God is a superhero and he could do anything I ask him to do. Mm. If I asked him to stop these lights right now, he could do it if that's what I wanted him to do. Mm. Because, like, as a child, you don't, you you can't comprehend God not coming through. Exactly. Like, why wouldn't he? Exactly. And so, like, a world where God just don't show up for you just doesn't exist because he always shows up. And it's not even predicated on what you do or your level of worthiness or your titles. It's just, I'm a child of God and he's going to show up for me. he's my father. And so, and I love that because this world will try to, and you want to know what's beautiful though? Because I always tell people, just like how God says, I know the plans that I have for you. You're special. The enemy has a glimpse of how special you are too. And the biggest way to stop a threat is to get it in seed form. That's why when we look in the Bible, we see that Moses was attacked from birth. When we look in the Bible, we see that Joseph was attacked when the, the when the vision came to him. That's when the the quickest way. That's why when Jesus was born, the Hebrew boys had to be killed. And the, what God showed me is the enemy. There's been an attack on my anointed, chosen, and elected ones from the day that they 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 gave. They took their first breath. There was an attack on your life. So the enemy has always been after to kill, steal, and destroy the very seeds. That's why people go through sexual trauma so young Mm -hmm. because he wants to instill these negative beliefs. But God says, I'll allow it because at the end of it, I'm going to get the glory because I'm going to use it for something greater than what they can imagine. But Mm -hmm. it's so beautiful to recognize that there is a real enemy and he has tried to steal a lot from us. But the beautiful thing now is that we're in a divine level of consciousness. We have the ability to take our power back. We Mm -hmm. have power and dominion to thread over serpents and scorpions. And so it gives you that child. You have permission to have that childlike faith. That's what's been healing me in this season. I pull up places and I know God got a parking spot in the front for me. Okay. And I just know it. And it's always happens. He do. He do. And it's like me getting back into this space. It's small things, but it's starting to reinforce that childlike nature. It's not dependent on me, but I serve a good God who loves me unconditionally. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I feel like faith is to the point where like there's nothing wrong. Everything is it's nothing wrong with asking God for this and that. Yeah. But sometimes I feel like even though I struggle with faith in some scenarios and some circumstances, I really feel like I don't even have to ask. Mm. Like, I just believe God going to do us so much that, like, for example, my tuition, I just got the bill yesterday. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> if God don't do it, it ain't going to get done. I know. And it's like, I'm trying to bring myself to worry. I'm trying to bring myself to cry and feel like, oh my gosh, I'm down now. I got to figure it out. I got to work. None of that. Because it's like your base setting. uh, It it feels so comfortable to do those things. And when you don't do it, you're like, wait, why am I not worried? Why am I not? Yeah, why am I not worried? Why don't I feel all this anxiety that I used to feel when I used to have to pay tuition? Mm. Oh, because I really trust God. And I don't have to ask him for anything because he knows the desires of my heart. and He knows what I need and he already has it for me. I have to keep working and doing what I'm doing and believing him for it and he'll, he'll give it to me. Yeah. And I think that right there is the beautiful thing about journeying with him. I'm I'm be so grateful that God is not limited by our own thoughts, thoughts, our own prayer life, our own anything. And what people say. Yes. Cause maybe they would have been counting me out. I was told I was a little too ratchet for um 
And that that kind of made me quite. But then I said, God, I refuse to believe the one who said I created you in my image, sat there and put me in the family. He put me in the environment that he allowed me to grow up in and experience the things that I experienced. And then him sit there and say, mm, she's too imperfect she's real, for me. Yeah. That don't even make sense. Who? It, it 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 just it makes absolutely zero sense to it me, doesn't. and that's why I'm so irritated when I see Christians trying to mold the perfect Christian. You cannot take away somebody's personality. That's like God. That's like saying God, you made a mistake when you put them in that family. Mm-hmm. You made a mistake when you allowed them to go through X, Y, and Z. God, you still said they're made in your image. Just because I don't understand, I don't have to understand in order to respect. Mm-hmm. It's really that simple. We're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. But when you're trying to mold this perfect Christian, you take away the humanity that makes us all brilliant in his Mm -hmm. eyes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What about our time? How much time we got? Like two minutes or one minute. Oh, okay. Well, I think that you could put a period right there. (laughs) Um, These two are fighting in the background. Wish you guys could see them. But thanks for. Ah! <laughs> no, oh, that, was that was cute. Rick always on his moments. While <laughs> like, bye. Not the haircut this time, though. Right. Got the hat on. Actually, Kingdom, a dirty. Kingdom. Sight. But okay, guys. Thank you for joining us in another episode of the women's segment. It's been great. Bye, y'all. <laughs>